0: I'm Chad Ruthermond. And I'm Andy Kinnock. And welcome to No Clip Pocket, as real as it gets. Today, we're going to be talking about Xenoclash, which was developed by Ace Team, published by Tripwire Interactive, and was released in 2010 on Windows and the Xbox 360, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming it was a live arcade game because if. There's a boxed copy of Xenoclash and I do not
1: own it. I am ashamed. You'll have to look into that. Yeah. yeah. And like literally every different version there is was published by somebody else. Like the 360 version was published by Atlas. Oh, that's strange. Yeah. So like every region has a different publisher. It's weird.
0: I find it like really odd that I find a lot of things about this game very odd, so let's let's actually just jump into it. Uh, so I would have, prior to yesterday, have described this game as a first-person brawler. Like, a game that is focused primarily on melee combat. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'll get into why that definition is slightly changed for me, uh, as we go into the mechanical discussion of this game, but it is a, it's a first-person game with a very bizarre aesthetic uh, I want to describe it to like a Clockwork Orange kind of, uh, in the way that like they have their own weird slang language, but it's still mostly just English.
1: Yeah, like it made me immediately think of Star Wars, mm. um, in that it's a like grittier, like lived-in, rundown kind of sci-fi universe, um, and it. It feels a lot like a passion project. Like they they really tried with the aesthetic and like the art direction and all that to make something unique. And I say they largely succeeded. Yeah, I want to agree with that. Like uh it
0: it definitely it feels familiar to me. Like there are other things that I've seen that have like a similar sensibility to them, but it's so difficult for me to put a finger on what that is mm-hmm. that I can't really look at. Like, there's a, nobody would look at the art style
1: of Xenoclash Clash and be like, "That's so derivative." Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just isn't. It's got a little Mad Max thrown in there, I think, as well. Yeah, the like clothing that people wear mm-hmm. and like the the tribal kind of uh, society mm-hmm. that we see.
0: Yeah, and and we'll talk about. Uh, the the like, I don't know. Not necessarily the narrative, but the world that it sets up. Uh, at, at some point, but just when we're on the visuals, like I think it's a weird, it's a weird look, which is what I like about it, and I think that it's enhanced by the fact that there's a focus on melee combat in this game. And it's in a first-person perspective, so they make these characters that are like deformed or like weird animal hybrids, uh, and then they're shown incredibly close up as you punch their face repeatedly.
1: <laughs> yeah, like they they take that kind of fighting game route where they make the the enemies like distinct, mm-hmm. so you know like what you're fighting at all times, but yeah, like, you get really close up to him, like, the red-headed enemy guy with the big nose, no, oh, like, yeah, the squinched yeah. face, seeing him close up is like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, and he just, like, sprints at you. Mm-hmm. The northern gang leader. Yeah, but, uh, I actually think, like, I was shocked when I was looking up stuff about this game that it came out in 2010. Right. Because I would have guessed this looks more like a two thousand 2006, <laughs> 2005 era PC game to me. Mm-hmm. Like the polygon count on stuff is like somewhere in between the PS2 and PS3 generations in my mind.
0: Yeah, th- this is part of what I want to talk about when we come to uh, the mechanical parts of this. But there are parts of the game where they force you into sort of like cramped locations and this is a bad idea for a lot of reasons, but one of them is definitely that like you can tell that they're models, and then there are textures that are meant to represent three D objects in the environment, mm-hmm. and they'll put you so close to them that you literally cannot avoid knowing that there's a difference. <laughs> like there's a sequence where you go into the like bar, and that's like the waiting area before you go to confront father-mother. Mm-hmm. And it is like, there's a guy who is sitting, air quotes, on a chair, second set of air quotes, where it's a model in a semi-crouched position on what is basically a wallpaper picture of a sofa. That <laughs> is... <laughs> and it's like, it's right there in the middle. Of, like It's impossible to... Let it fade into the background, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think that this is like largely a product of the fact that Ace Team is not like a AAA
1: developer, right? Um, on the last full episode of the cast, which you were not present for, uh, we talked about the idea of like double A games, mm-hmm. um, and this is I, th- I it's maybe even a little bit lower budget than that. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, this is an indie game as far as I. Yeah, I like I wouldn't I wasn't sure really how to classify it. Mm-hmm. But like I I really like to see ambitious smaller games like this. Like they're increasingly rare anymore uh, outside of like like indie like very indie kind of style stuff, like the right. 2D platformers and roguelikes and little strategy games and things that you see in the indie space. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I and I agree, and I, this being in 2010 doesn't exactly signal it as a bastion of hope for creativity <laughs> in the genre. I don't think it's stagnating or anything, but uh, for me, the fact that it, it's so old, I guess is the word, mm-hmm. uh, they came out 10 years ago, is more credit to just like, what they were able to do. Like, the tools that people had access to to make indie games, uh, even outside of, like, the solo developer space. Like, this was made by a team. Uh, I feel like they did a really good job with what they had in the, at the time. Mm-hmm. And the art style is unique enough that it does feel like kind of a... It's one of those things that only indie games can do. Where you make something that is so off-putting and so strange because you're doing it for the sake of it, as opposed to, like, you don't have to, like, approach somebody and be like, hey, is it okay if I make the (laughs) Pigman? Because I got this great Pigman idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so moving beyond that, though, the the fact that this game, in addition to being an unusual art style, is also sort of... And this is where I'm going to bring in that distinction again. I think... I describe this game whenever I tell people about this game, which is a weird number of times, uh, as being a first-person brawler because it has like a very fleshed-out melee combat thing, but it is in first-person, which is unusual for the genre. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, is the defining feature of this game. Replaying it, which I did yesterday, it has a lot heavier focus on guns then I remembered it. Like, there are a lot of fights where they give you guns, and the guns trivialize the combat, and I genuinely think the guns were a mistake.
1: <laughs> See, I had a different experience, um, and it, maybe it has to do with my less familiarity with like first-person games, because like I find the kind of quick maneuverability with first-person, like, camera and controls to be kind of difficult and clunky to mm-hmm. me. Um, but I, I, I started out, like, the first half-ish of the game mostly relying on, like, the, the brawling system, uh, the melee combat, and I liked that. But once I started, like, incorporating the guns into, like, the combat for, like, zoning... <laughs> and right. like using it to like manage like multiple targets. Like, I don't know. It ended up clicking with me in a way that like I was able to like pop a guy in the head and knock him down and then be able to deal with this other guy. Like, it let me like juggle the targets. And it kind of felt to me like that's what they wanted you to do to right. be like running around, popping a guy in the head to like knock him over like, winging the gun at the guy close to you and, like, beating him up because the melee combat does way more damage. Mm -hmm. Pick the gun back up, shoot another guy, like... And that's kind of how I started to play it at that point. And, I don't know, that's when the game, like, clicked with me.
0: Well, I definitely think that you are correct. I think that they... That the way that you're describing the combat is the intended, like, the developer-intended way for the combat to go. I just think that the guns are a little bit too useful. Um, And, like, I say that I think the guns were a mistake. You could not fix my problems with this game by just taking the guns and deleting them and just being like, these are gone! Uh, Because the game assumes that you have them and, like, the whole flow of everything would have to be changed... Uh, And every single boss fight would have to be changed, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, like, it's not, like, a viable thing. I just find the guns are not all that engaging. Mm -hmm. They're cool. Once again, visual design, very interesting. I love the reload animations. I love the look of the guns and the fact... And I I like the UI, even, I think is neat for the guns. Like, the uh, little images at the bottom left. Mm -hmm. But... I just think that, like, like there's uh, a big climactic battle that occurs where you're in the woods and some people show up and ambush you, and then the Corvids of the Free, who, <laughs> like, live in the area, show up and join in this, like, great melee, mm-hmm. and everybody's fighting each other, and it's, like... I didn't feel like I was a part of it, because I was standing 20 feet away, just peppering them (laughs) with bullets the whole time. Yeah,
1: that's definitely a combat that I engage with in the exact same way. (laughs) Uh, There's the one woman with the hat, Mm -hmm. who's, like, chasing you down the whole time, Um, and I just, like... Focused her down and killed her as fast as I could because she was like the only one really being aggressive towards you, and then you can just walk around and pick everybody off real casually.
0: Yeah, I and I, I think like uh, this is my second time through the game, maybe third, honestly, I don't remember. Uh, and so with that in mind, I have played the game before, I have some familiarity with the way that it plays. I found this game to be pretty easy, and I completed it in about three hours. Um, it's about the amount of time it took me to get through it. And I think a lot of the the reason that it took me less time to get through it this time was just, I was like, oh, I have guns all the time, so I just shoot everybody and they all die. Uh, also, I don't know that I ever threw a grenade in my first playthrough,
1: and I actually loved them in this one. Me neither. Uh, we're playing Halo right now for the main cast, and I do the same thing in that game. Like, they're like, you have grenades. Like, I, it's like every game. Mm-hmm. You, they give you grenades, and I never remember that I have them, and I never use them. This is probably
0: more for the Halo podcast, but just to jump in on this before you get too far in Halo. Yeah. Uh,. I personally think Halo does grenades better than almost any other game that mm. ever existed. So try using some grenades. You might find them very satisfying, in which case maybe you'll
1: enjoy it. I probably will find them satisfying and then will promptly forget that I have them <laughs> and never use them again.
0: Much like the Skull Bombs. And the Skull Bombs in this game even play like a narrative purpose, even though there's, is never explained why... They are what they are. Like, the skull bomb is what kills, or what, you know, does whatever happens, blows up father-mother's eye. Uh-huh. Your, like, mentor man kills himself with one of them. And there's, like, this very extended sequence of you throwing one at a chicken and, uh, what is it, name, metamock
1: I don't remember the name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Talking about... Skull bombs and, like, oh, the last thing I'll see, but you're not dead, all of that shit. Mm -hmm. It's, like, all centered around this, but, like, they're so very mundane in, like, actual gameplay. Uh, I don't know. something about them. I did use them a lot, though. They were useful, especially in, like, the big giant man fights. Mm -hmm. It's another complaint that I have. I will start talking about things that I do like here in a second, <laughs> I promise. But the big giant
1: dude fights, it sucks that all of them essentially are the same. Yep. They and it sucks that the final boss operates a lot like them as well. Mhm. Does it? Yeah, he like he charges at your he's a he right they say that in, in, in father the, mother's a he yeah
0: in the game's terms they refer to father mother as he she or him her right
1: but the one guy yeah but uh, says that it's, it's a the, male creature yeah. yeah so he would be the the uh, correct term the I think. authority yeah. yeah but anyway that's not really important <laughs> we could get like real deep <laughs> well, into
0: it because obviously they identify as both
1: right male and female so but that's not important to this discussion. Correct. Because, yeah, he ba- he basically just charges at you, and you run around him, and then you shoot at it. Like, he, you have to shoot at his legs, which is different. The way you interact with him is the same, but the AI is basically... Exactly the exact yeah. same thing. And later on he will throw grenades sometimes. I had him throw a grenade <laughs> once. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. he did it maybe a grand total of three times at me, so.
0: Yeah, it's it's very uncommon. Uh yeah, it's it's a little limb because like they're used as uh like punctuation mm-hmm. in in the the different like bits of the story. Like they use the giant Corvid in like the as an introduction to the the mechanic of hitting them with bashing weapons. And then they use a totally different guy later as a heavy that's like a big elephant man. And then you fight a big badger thing. And then you fight the elephant and the badger at the same time. But all of them, all they do with slightly different variations of how often they do them, is parry attacks and do a shove move. Charge at you the end. <laughs> Sometimes they do one attack that is like a swipe. Yep. But none of your regular combat makes any impact at all here. Like, even with the bashing weapons, because they are bashing weapons, you can't press space to dodge. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I just fucking threw a club across a room because <laughs> I was trying to dodge like I would in a regular fight. But I'm holding a weapon, so I threw it
1: instead. It was weird. I don't know. Mm. I can't say I had that issue. Because, like, the first time you fight one of them, it's pretty intense because it works so different. Right. And you're just trying to figure out, like, what the fuck to do. (laughs) Uh, But I pretty quickly just found, like, the perfect strat for fighting them and never taking any damage. Which is just let them, like, stay far enough away so they charge at you. run Run around them and just hit them Mm -hmm. and it there's no nothing challenging about it whatsoever.
0: Yeah. And I think the first area gives you too much space and too much time to figure that out as Mm -hmm. well. So uh Yeah, I don't know. Also counterintuitively with bashing weapons, the right click, like your heavy attack is faster than your light attack is yeah they assume i assume they do the same damage because it's always three hits then a big whack on those guys mm-hmm. but it's weird that that is the case uh so you should right click with the bashing <laughs> it just is i don't know it I, just seems like a strange choice i
1: feel like it had more end lag maybe could but be I, yeah. but i don't remember uh so while we're talking about mechanic weird mechanical stuff mm-hmm. uh I like, this had an instance of what I refer to as early 2000s (laughs) forced variety, as we talked about, like, on the Bayonetta episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, with the weird crystal staff, uh, that you collect fire with that's used for a level, and then, like, a dumb challenge thing to wake up the... Yeah, uh, whatever. Golem. I think is his name. The spirit man. Yeah. Um... That was weird.
0: Yeah, I actually... So I got to that point and was like, I have no memory of this whatsoever. Like, for some reason, this part just, like, completely faded away for me. Which is weird. I actually liked that segment. Like, I thought it was actually good. It was a different kind of gameplay, Mm -hmm. obviously. It's the only part of the game where you just kill a bunch of enemies, as opposed to fighting, like, individuals that are supposed to be more, like, substantial. Uh-huh. Uh, the last bit that you're talking about where you light the torches is a little tedious. Mm-hmm. Uh, not hard, just takes a really long time. Uh, but I think the actual mechanics of the staff and the fireball throwing
1: and the electric beholders <laughs> are... I, I think they're all fine, generally. Yeah, I thought it was fine, too. It just, it felt so, like, early 2000s game design E, where it was like, we need to throw in something different now, <laughs> uh, instead of just, like, developing the core mechanics more.
0: Yeah, and then it follows it up with that the world's slowest and most boring auto-scroll section. Uh, See,
1: I actually really liked that part (laughs) where you ride in the boat. Yeah. Like, I thought that was a nice, like, difference-in-kind, like, cool-down moment.
0: The shooting gallery. Yeah.
1: Like, it wasn't hard at all. Like, it was just, like, you got to, like, sit there and listen to, like, the guy like, tell a story or whatever. Yeah. While you just kind of, like, pick off the... The... Aliens, the enemies, whatever you want to call them, <laughs>
0: they're apparently like. I I just I I was going through, uh, the achievements. The other day, and they were like, the that part is called out because it's an achievement for shooting twenty one of them, mm-hmm. and it's called like they're I forget if they're like priests or like followers or something. They're like a cult type thing. Mm-hmm. I don't really, but it's not explained like most things. So. Yeah. I wouldn't worry too much about it. They're like job-wise or something? I don't know. I felt like it went on a bit long, mm-hmm. and there was a bit... Th- like, the the fact that they come from the sides, yeah. and like, there's this... And first of all, the visual design on this, excellent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Pretty much assume that most of the time. The actual design of the visuals is great. Yeah, art direction, as they call it. That's it. The... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with, like, the, the craggy sort of, like, edges to the river that come mm-hmm. up in, like, an arch, and you go by one of those Bantha motherfuckers. Yeah. Uh, they're dewbacks. I forget what the the Star Wars animal that they remind me of is.
1: Weird giraffe things. Yeah, the giraffe-man. Uh, like, eater noses and stuff.
0: But the, the craggy rocks don't have, like, any collisions, so you can shoot through them. Mm. So they really are just kind of, like... Uh, visual hindrance. Uh, yeah. The whole, like... I felt like the mechanical parts of it were flawed, and everything else was good. Right.
1: And that's A-okay with me. Fair. <laughs> I'm not defending the mechanical part. I like that it was like an easy whatever, like, <laughs> cool-down thing. It's good atmosphere and shit.
0: So yeah, let's actually talk about what I genuinely think is the the meat of it, which is that the actual combat. So... Once again, not perfect, but it is, I want to say, fairly satisfying most of the time. Uh, Did you ever get the parry thing down? No. Me neither. I'm actually pretty convinced that it
1: doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I, I foolishly played... The first half of the game and then took like a week or two off mm-hmm. and then came back to it. So I forgot a couple of those moves that the uh, mentor guy teaches you. So I, I kind of just stopped trying.
0: I played it in one sitting and stopped trying. The, <laughs> the, the only useful attacks in the game, as far as I'm concerned, are punch grab which isn't a command you just Mm -hmm. have to tire them first heavy punch heavy punch i did not find much of a
1: use for i used that all the time
0: did you use the heavy punch or the like ultra heavy wind up super punch like the big swing just okay just like the right click yeah yeah that one is definitely more useful because you can use it to break guards Mm
1: -hmm. but i've I don't uh, uh I really liked timing it so that as they were running at me, I would hit them like right as they got <laughs> up in range. Yeah. Like it's it, it's a lot like using the charge attack on the hunter's axe. Oh In right. Bloodborne. Yeah. You just charge it up and then they come into your range, wham. <laughs>
0: Well, and that will knock them down where we discover the most useful move in the whole game, which is just kicking a dude in the ass because you ki- the first time you kick them when they're down or even getting up, if they're in any way stunned, if you kick them, they just ragdoll mm-hmm. and then they remain on the ground where you can keep kicking them until they eventually stand back up. I think my record was 7. I got 7 kicks in on one guy before he could stand up. Uh it is it is unreasonably good at controlling like an individual fighter. It,
1: it doesn't seem like the enemies have any way to deal with kicks. No. Like like they, they can't block them and it's like they the AI is like not programmed to like ever expect it. It seems like. Yeah. Cuz they don't dodge them very often either.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's a weirdly, uh, all-purpose tool for, like, doing anything, uh, in combat. Now, admittedly, it's slow, and so, like, if there's a bunch of, there are a bunch of people, you can't really use it, but there's a bunch of people that typically is the type of combat where you're just sprinting around in a circle, Mm -hmm. um... Which, despite how dismissive that sounds, I actually think is an engaging way that this game plays. Mm -hmm. I I think that there's like an avoiding a lot of different people sort of like zone that this game can occupy that is good. Uh, the, The fight that takes place when you return to the city, I think is a good example of it. Like, that's actually a fun and arguably, like, the most challenging fight in the game. I agree. It's a good... Yeah, it's a a good setup, I think. And it it makes good use of grenades, uh... Etc.
1: Yeah, I really... Like, on the whole, I think I really liked the combat. It's just... This game is very brief, and it doesn't really get to stretch its legs or really, like, fully develop it. Um... And kind of similarly to um, Mirror's Edge, I'm surprised we don't see more games like this, or at least I'm not aware of many. just like combining different genres with the first person perspective. Yeah. Because like, this game, I think even if you didn't like it, I don't think you could argue that this game isn't super interesting. Right. Both, like, mechanically and visually, like, on top of that.
0: I I actually, I do agree with that. It's, I think it's because this, like, because if you, if you, I don't know exactly what second box to put this in. Like, obviously one of the circles of the Venn diagram is a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. And then the other side is either, like, an arcade-style brawler or a fighting game. mm mm-hmm. um, But it's a weird fighting game. Like a
1: beat-em-up. The only thing I could think to kind of compare it to, and it's a third-person game, but um, Mad World... Oh, right. ...is the only thing that I felt kind of had some similarities and feel to this.
0: Yeah. And I can see that as well. Like, um, just these sort of... Yeah, beat-em-ups are are a good example, I think. Uh, This game just has, like, a more a focus on, like, individuals, like, single combatants, Mm -hmm. Uh, even when they're in groups, like, they all have names and and health bars and stuff. Uh, The most 3D action games do. But either way, like, when you take, when you look at something like that and then try and make, like, a bigger, larger version of it, I feel like you start to lose people because mm-hmm. like suddenly you're you're investing a lot into something that seems like a risk. So, I do agree there are not a ton of games like this and first-person platforming is one that I have a particular fondness for. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think VR honestly might be the thing to usher this type of thing in. Platforming is harder. Like I've played to the top and it is nauseating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But you could do fighting games, like, uh, there's, uh, they're like boxing games, super hot, has elements of it, mm-hmm. like, cause you can punch stuff. Oh,
1: that's a good example.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I know it is, it is cool and good. <laughs> Lost all
1: trains. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I found myself really wishing to have like a mirror's edge style slide move in this. I feel like that would have fit super well.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. I The run in this game is so, like, finicky. Like, I th- think it is a toggle run as opposed to a hold, and there might be an option to change that. See,
1: for me, it's you hit the shift button, and he just keeps running even if you hit it again. Like, you <laughs> had to stop moving for him to stop, stop running.
0: running. Yeah, so you couldn't use it to, like, dash... Which is what I always wanted to do. It's like I wanted to run like a, over like a and,
1: devil may cry dash. Yeah,
0: like just get out of the way of something and then stop and turn
1: around. So it would always yeah. be like slow and clunky. Yeah, like a like a dodge that actually moves you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like I feel like more of like a sidestep. More bloodborne. Yeah, would be well, better.
0: Yeah, because they have the dodge, but all it does is rotate you, mm-hmm. and then it puts you back in your starting position every time so it isn't like there aren't a lot of movement options in the game which i mean arguably could be a good thing given the ai but like
1: yeah one thing that drove me nuts was like accidentally locking on to a character and then trying to run away like i usually in action games like lock-ons mm-hmm. you know but like i felt like this game it was a detriment to it like i almost <laughs> never wanted to be locked on to anything because i was like running around so much <laughs> yeah
0: i think that's a particular and it auto locks on whenever you hit somebody yeah like that that
1: was super frustrating to me <laughs> yeah it's <'Cause>, like <sighs> i i am a I'm a noob baby who will, like, be just smashing the E key instead of the R key, and, like, that just fucked me up even more. And I'm like, ugh, I just want to unlock on. <laughs> yeah, I actually do that all the time,
0: except with... Um... The further away you get from the W key, the harder it is for me to, like, maintain, like, an understanding of what I'm pressing. Mm -hmm. Like, when I went to reload, I would often hit T instead, because it's, like, one further over. Uh, It is, like, a whole thing. But for me, like, the lock-on system, I would want to be locked onto things... And then I would stop being locked onto things, and then I would do like a running elbow attack, and it would lock me onto that person, but really I just wanted to get out of the way because are standing in front of the goddamn fruit or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just wouldn't, like you just get stuck in this loop of locking on and re-locking on to people over and over again until you die. Which doesn't happen a lot, admittedly, so probably not die, but uh, yeah, it's a little bit... Is a little bit weird, and the bigger the fights are, the harder it is to keep track of everything. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think the like one on three fights in the game feel really good to mm-hmm. do in melee combat. Like managing that number of people with no guns, just like a regular fight. I think they do a really good job. I think that feels like how this was built.
1: Yeah it it was it's the first thing that you do, mm-hmm. and it does feel like it was like the like the primary concept like the uh the design docs were like (laughs) designed around that like one on three
0: yeah and i mean obviously because your character would just like demolish any single combatant Mm -hmm. uh given your skill set but like yeah the the one on three feels the right amount of of hectic and like manageable Mm -hmm. more than that it feels like a lot of sprinting around and fewer than that is like you start to see the cracks in the ai where it's like
1: okay and it stops yeah that was one thing uh, i wanted to say is i think that's the biggest weakness the game has is the ai it i mean it isn't bad or anything but like it it shows the it's cracks a lot you know like it you see the seams, and you can, like, manipulate it, and, you know, if enemies don't have guns and you aim a gun, they all just, like, scurry, like, you know, like, they're running <laughs> towards you, and you pull it out, and then they run away, Right. And it's just, like, you know, like, er- like, janky early 3D game AI kind of stuff going on.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like... <sighs> cuz in my opinion i think that they it feels like they knew what they were doing mm-hmm. with it and I, there are some egregious examples where it seems like they've strayed but for me i feel like they just played it too safe i think the biggest problem is they wanted to make sure that you weren't being overwhelmed cuz manipulating ai is just like a thing that's going to happen regardless of how much work you put into it. Like Mm -hmm. the dark souls, you can run away from a guy and he'll just walk back to where he was before. Like, and stop pursuing you. Mm -hmm. Uh, in this game, it's like, there are lots of things you can do. Like the, when an enemy has a gun, if there are fewer than like five other people, they're just no longer a threat to you because they will stop moving, take aim, and they'll go, I'm going to shoot now! (laughs) And that's not even... That's not hyperbole. They literally say, I'm shooting, or like... I'm gonna
1: shoot ya, or something like that.
0: (laughs) Before they fire by, like, eight seconds. So you just do anything about it, and then they go right back to not being an issue. They have, like, little spurts. And then the enemies that you aren't currently engaged with are, like very non-aggressive uh they'll like sort of strafe around and let you do your thing uh and i it makes sense because this game is first person there aren't really good indicators this probably has the shittiest arrow in any game i've ever seen <laughs> most shitty arrow <laughs> uh 2020 yeah uh, but it I appreciate what they were going for. I think they could have
1: tuned it. And if there's a difficulty setting in this game, I couldn't find it. I thought there was, but I might just be blowing smoke. (laughs) Possibly.
0: I know there's a challenge mode, but it's Mm -hmm. like a tower competitive thing. Uh, I don't know. I I think the AI is good. I think that the AI is kind of weak, though. (laughs) Like, it doesn't do enough to keep you engaged and it falls apart when it's not in that 3v1.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to dunk on it too hard, but, like, it just it really stood out to me, I mm-hmm. guess.
0: Uh, the one other thing that I wanted to talk about was the boss fights. Because there just are boss fights in this mm-hmm. game. Kind of a lot of them. Uh, for, like, the length of it, anyway. Uh, you have two fights with the blind assassin, mm-hmm. you have two fights with father-mother, you have, I mean, I'm discounting the heavy fights because they're just, like, kind of a regular enemy after the first one, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have, like, do you count the one with the 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 music man traipsing <laughs> through the woods as a boss fight? Not really. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I don't know if I do or not. Uh, but it has, like, I don't know, it has these things, and I feel like they were all... I don't want to say bad, because they weren't all bad. All the assassin ones were bad. Mm-hmm. But everything else, like, it just felt like a
1: needless diversion. Early 2000s force variety. Mm-hmm, Yeah. <laughs> yeah I thought the fights with Father Mother were fine, like they were fun enough, but now I agree with the assassin guy throwing hucking squirrels at you or whatever uh was not a big fan of that no the
0: the second one was cool because it took
1: place on a big whale mm-hmm. a little death
0: stranding preview back in 2010 uh <laughs> Dead whales have been exists
1: for a long time Jen.
0: You're right, but this is also like kind of a surreal... Mm. Play with me. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, that one was, was fine. The crabs were enough of a wrinkle that it felt a little bit different, but it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> and I think the fact that the father-mother fight involves giving you guns immediately is a mistake, and the fact that both the fights are effectively the same is also kind of a mistake. Yeah, that felt really weird. Yeah, the second time, because I didn't remember it, like, from ten years ago when I played this originally, like, the second time I played through it, I'm just like, there's no way the second fight is the same fight, Mm -hmm. right? Like, And then it was like, here's the guns, and I shot her in the leg, and she started to stumble, and I was like, well... All right, I guess I'll punch him now. <laughs> uh,
1: See, I just continued to shoot him in the head whenever he fell down, because if I tried to run up and punch him... He could actually damage you. He, would, he would just get up and punch me. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, I guess I just won't do that. I couldn't find like a smooth way to do that.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be you lock onto them, mm-hmm. and then they'll do a... like. Uh, little crouching animation for a minute and then they stand up and they act like a regular enemy that's just perfectly stationary for a a period and then they get back up but you are correct the optimal strategy is to just not ever even shoot its legs you just shoot the body
1: i would shoot her in or him whatever them in the legs till they crouched over and then Mm -hmm. it's like hey come do melee attacks now, and then I would just not... You would reload. I would would just shoot him in the head a bunch of times, because when I tried to go over and punch him, he would just get up and hit me. Yeah.
0: It's a bad decision, I think.
1: Uh Uh-huh. I think
0: there could have been... Like, games do this kind of thing, where you just put something that is unique to the boss fight, like a throwable object or something, Mm -hmm. that will knock them into a vulnerable state, and then you punch them. The fact that the guns always do damage, I think is where the problem lies, because it is easier to just shoot them through the whole fight and just never engage, except the one time when you have to to
1: trigger the false death ending. Mm -hmm. It feels like it... uh... It, it needs, like, a little twist on it that it doesn't have. Like, I was thinking you could pull, like, a like a Zelda-style thing and have your com- female companion character, like, shoot father-mother. De- De- Deandra, Deidre? Something like that. I forget. Just your ha- name
0: is Nat. I, or Gat.
1: I know right. that. Uh, but have her shoot father-mother to make him vulnerable. Like, you have to, like, line it up. Yeah. You have to, like, engage him with melee combat to raise him in one spot while she shoots or something. Yeah.
0: Because she, she ends up being, like, mostly useless for the whole game despite
1: getting, like, her own little portrait on the versus screen. Mm-hmm. And she's got, like, a way cooler character design, too, than the main character who I have written down <laughs> is, uh, oh, God. Auto generated Johnny Knoxville protagonist.
0: Yeah, he definitely does have a Knoxville. The thing that went through my head was that he had the balding pattern of a rabid dog. Mm. Uh, so nothing about him looks good. No, And it's not interesting in the way that the enemy
1: designs are. Sure isn't. Yeah. But,
0: I mean, he's a first-person character, so you don't have to look at him that True, often. True,
1: but you see him in all the cutscenes, though. Like, he just looked like the most. Like, in contrast to everything else in this game, which looks super cool. Mm-hmm. He just looked like the most bland, boring thing. Yeah, d- special shout-outs to uh,
0: the one character whose entire purpose in life was to walk in a straight line that had, like, the, the fucking Flatwoods monster get-up on and, like, the two giant iron shoes. Oh. And just walks forward until you find them bumped into a tree. Yeah. Love that guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But your character, no, yeah, just a regular kind of shirtless dude. Mm-hmm. Boring. Blame. Do you have anything to say on the story?
1: Because I, I have, like, nothing. I, not really. Like, I wanted to like it, but, mm-hmm. like, I feel like beyond the kind of initial concept of the father-mother and the little society they have, it's just not that like well written yeah i also think that cause... and like the voice acting like they try like god bless some of them they're trying <laughs> but it's not very good either
0: some of them are not
1: trying but <laughs> eh, it, it it works for like the the game that this is i think it's just it's just not quite there i think uh golem legitimately does a good job mhm
0: uh you now, his is the easiest, I think, to characterize because he's just like mysterious, deep voice man, mm-hmm. and I think the voice acting for him is okay. But um, everyone, yeah, it is like it just fe- if everything feels like slightly off, and there probably could have been less dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I think the concept of father mother stealing children and replacing them with animals is also a cool idea and fits well in the world, and everything sort of, like, coalesces and makes it aesthetically complete, but the fact that they hold that as a twist instead of just, like, a known fact of the world is not the right decision. Because the mystery of what father-mother did wrong is not a driving thing for you, the player. Mm -hmm. In fact, according to the game from the very moment that you begin playing your character already knows this information right I think that if there was more if they if they could have built the backstory out more as opposed to the rest of everything that they did with the narrative they probably could have been a little bit more interesting uh also that fucking scene on the boat where the <laughs> dude is like uh, Gat hasn't told you about Father Mother's secret yet. I should let him decide. And then you beat Father Mother, and then you're like, I'm not gonna kill you, but I'm also not gonna reveal your secret. And then the same guy who was like, we should let him decide when to do this. Says But it. kicks the door open and is like, I'll tell you! <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> I was like, it's been less than an hour, dude! Like... Give it some time, so people can forget that you lied to us. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yep. That's I, what I. Yep. That's. I can't really it. disagree with any of those things. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, as you're you're getting at, I think there's a lot of good ideas in there, and I like the world a lot, and it it makes me want to actually check out Xenoclash Two. Yeah. I don't know if I ever will, but like I. I the the weird aesthetics in everything that this sets up is intriguing. Like, mm-hmm. I have to give it that.
0: I feel like the existence of Xenoclash 2 is, like, one of the great mysteries of the world. <laughs> I have I, I own it. I may have played a little bit of it. I know I never finished it, and I don't know why, and I have no opinions on it. <laughs> but the fact that it got made at all is, like... It makes no sense to me in any way unless Zeennolash yeah I forgot the name of the game. I was in Xenoblade. <laughs> if Xenoclash cost eleven dollars to make, then I could make then it makes sense that somehow a second one got made. or it's a great thing for uh, the state of like the indie space that mm-hmm. a game that's this weird sold well enough to earn a sequel. <laughs> definitely a possibility. yeah. Well, do we have hybrid thoughts? <laughs> do we have the island of Doctor Moore thoughts? I should've stuck with the first one, huh?
1: Yep, quit while you're ahead. Uh you gotta know when to hold <laughs> that them. That was ahead You gotta know when to fold them. You gotta know when to walk away. Um But uh <laughs> So yeah, I guess it's like kind of like what we were just saying. Like this game gets a ton of points for uh, style, uh, like art direction, effort. You know, like I said, it feels like a passion project. It's a unique concept uh, with a cool aesthetic. Like they really tried to deliver something cool and unique here on like a small budget, um, but as also comes with a small budget uh there's it's rough edges all around uh but there's like there's a core there there's a nougat uh of cool first person brawling combat and it just makes me as i was just saying really want to check out the sequel to see if they developed this and ironed it out and balanced it better uh so it definitely got me intrigued and if I were in my younger and more vulnerable years with more free time, I think I would probably jump right into the second one, given how short this was to check it out. So, mostly positive. I like a cool, weird game every now and then, and this this delivered something with a lot of potential.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I th- In this, <laughs> I feel like we have the same thoughts... Uh, as we did on uh, TikTok, where it's like, I, except this time I don't have anything cool else to talk about, really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is a game that's been in the back of my mind for basically since I played it, which I think summarizes through implication what I think about this game enough, uh, in that it really is like a unique, cool game that's just out there enough and also very confident about what it is like it it feels like it's really committed to just being the weird fucking thing that it is and the what is there like mechanically artistically is exactly the right thing to fill out the amount of time that this game takes to play and i think that it it's paced well enough it does its mechanical things well enough and the art is is something that literally will just live in you forever going man zero clash was a weird game caveman hybrid animal hybrid destroyed <laughs> like it's just something that just bounces around in there uh which is why i suggested it for the podcast back in like 2015 like a million <laughs> years ago as like Maybe we'll talk about this. And now we finally have had the opportunity
1: to. Uh, It's weird it took so long.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's like like I said, it's like a three hour game. It'd be hard to do, like, like back in the old days. Mm
1: -hmm. God. Mm, I don't know. I feel like we could have filled a full episode, especially with JJ.
0: I can imagine us sitting somewhere with one microphone in a big room with lots of echo. Uh, check out Old clip if you need an example of what I'm talking about. And talking about this game for two hours and it being
1: shitty. <laughs> yeah, I just I f- I can't even imagine what JJ would think of this.
0: That's actually a good point, yeah. J- uh, if you are JJ, you can get a hold of us all. The- no, uh... <laughs> but no, I, I, I generally feel positive about this game. Uh, everything that I've said that I think is a negative. Uh, is not enough for me not to recommend this like it's such a a short cool thing but I think it is good (laughs) thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket what are we talking about next time next time time has gotten away from us and it is Mystery May right now and this game is mysterious in some ways but not the normal ones yeah. so we're talking
1: about the vanishing of ethan carter you are literally a detective hired to solve a mystery
0: i meant xenoclash it's oh, not no, very mysterious no. it sure isn't no. <laughs>
1: it's is a mystery why we played it that's for During sure mystery man yeah
0: it's part of another arg good
1: luck uh... start digging
0: Until that time, if you want to get a hold of us, all of our contact information is on our website, at noclippodcast.com, there you can find links to our YouTube, all of our old episodes, god I don't know what to call out here, maybe Mirror's Edge, that's a weird first person game, Uh, (laughs) as well as uh, our Twitter, uh, Discord, you can join, have a conversation. Weirdly, I know there's at least like two people in the Discord who've, (laughs) who've also played Xenoclash, so we might have a little bit of something to talk about. Uh, I don't remember any of uh, fucking MODOK's lines, whatever that guy's name is. The mentor character, oh, I feel like yeah. he'd begin.
1: Yeah. I sure as fuck don't remember any of his lines.
0: Oh, wait, I remember one. Uh, there's that time when you're... Um, Fighting like the hallucinations in the woods, mm-hmm. and like you gotta dodge out of the way, right? And like he's like, ugh. smash that like button!"
1: Xeno clash, it'll clash you. It'll it'll clash you. <laughs> it's the clashiest. <laughs>